listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. It's the Broncos This Week podcast, or are we slew sharks this week podcast for this one? That's good. Well, it's half and half, I guess, or two thirds and one third. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's super cool. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, the the Lake Diefenbaker slew sharks. I saw that we changed the social media and we're going slew shark. We're shooting some production elements for the game on Saturday night, and uh, th- that's a great initiative. Uh, initiative. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but it's it's cool. It's a one night only rebrand, and uh, you know it's amazing how people have really taken to the merch of it all too. Oh man, just uh, an incredible response to the merchandise. There was there was like the the morning the stable opened there on the weekend. Uh, there was a family day skate uh, going on, so there was already a ton of people in the rink, and they were all coming in. They were scoping out the hats, looking at hoodies and t-shirts and, and toques and all these sorts of things. So the the merchandise was almost literally flying off the shelf. Um, it was it was pretty incredible to see, and I know some people were were a little upset that they weren't able to get any because it went out so fast but uh, the, the response to it was pretty incredible yeah so saturday if you're just joining us and wondering what the heck is this slew shark thing so saturday night will be a one game only rebrand where the swift current broncos will become the lake diefenbaker slew sharks i know a few months ago we had a, a vote we put it out to the fans there was a few different options there was t-rexes and badgers and stargazers and wild buffalo and uh the slew sharks ended up being it so kind of celebrating Slough Sharks and Lake Diefenbaker, the Sask Landing, and uh, the jerseys really turned out nice, too. Yeah, shout out uh, Taylor Vaz, who uh, designed the jersey there, uh, playing over in Germany this season and uh, has done a wonderful job with all the jerseys he's designed for, for the team. This one, uh, the third jersey, the green ones, he designed those, too, so he does a really bang-up job. Yeah, the uh, Broncos This Week, Slough Sharks This Week podcast. Uh, Devin Pratt's going to join us. Uh, we'll throw some questions at him about the team's performances of late, and then uh, our feature guest is going to be rookie goal tender Joey Rocha who has surprised a lot of people since the beginning of the season yeah I mean coming in obviously a really tough situation with uh, you know being a 17 year old guy behind two NHL drafted goalies I uh, can't imagine it was an easy thing for him to go to but uh, he, he never complained about it once um, he was happy to learn and be on the ice every day with the team and then when he got the net he uh, he ran with it uh, I know he's played well all season long and now is getting a little more playing time with with Gage moving on to the the professional ranks so Joey's done a great job in that uh, transition and uh, is really solidifying himself as a, a legitimate WHL goalie. Swift Current Broncos are organizing a fan bus for the March 11th game in Moose Jaw. Those fan buses are always a uh, fun experience. And if you're interested in, in joining them, I think it's going to be a 4.30 departure on that Saturday, March 11th in the afternoon. Uh, everyone on the bus is going to get a Pizza Hut pizza and, of course, uh, tickets to the Broncos and Moose Jaw Warriors, who those two teams are going to be playing this weekend. Home and home action with Moose Jaw. Yeah, it's been a while since uh, since the Broncos have uh, have seen Musha back in November, pretty tough home and home there. They lost five four in the first one, though. I think the Broncos were down either five nothing or four nothing and clawed their way back to a, to a one goal game. And then the next night was just kind of a one sided game, six nothing there for Musha here at the Innovation Plex. But it's been a while. Uh, you know, Musha was going through a little bit of a slump there, but uh, snapped out of it with a win over Lethbridge the other day. So uh, tough matchup. That's a pretty uh, highly offensive team there in Musha. They've got a lot of uh, high end guys up front. So going to be an interesting matchup, and uh, we'll see. Uh, 
uh, we'll see how it transpires. Yes, home and home coming up this weekend. Broncos in Moose Jaw on Friday night, and then Saturday they will don their Lake Diefenbaker Slough Shark jerseys and play those same Warriors. All right, on the Broncos This Week podcast, we talked about it. Joey Rocha will be our feature guest, but uh, Devin Pratt, head coach, joins us right after this on Broncos This Week. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast, Coach's Show segment. Uh, we're here with head coach Devin Pratt after uh, a game that uh, you guys certainly made entertaining in the third period last night against the uh, Kamloops Blazers. Another measuring stick type game where you're going up against one of the top teams in the country. And how do you break that one down? Because that one had some twists and turns. Yeah, you know what? Um Kamloops is a team who who knows what they are and they play to their strengths very well and um, yeah it was a challenge for our guys to handle that they play big they play hard uh, they manage pucks extremely well and they're a high shot volume team we knew that going in that they like to shoot from everywhere and cause rebounds and get to those tough areas so it was important that we we're going to box out and I was proud of our guys for for the no quit mentality. Um, you know, I thought we had some scoring chances in the first. Um, that if we had a, found a way to get one of those in, we maybe would have changed things and changed momentum. And even in the second period, some scoring chances as well. And then. Um, I think that's important when you're playing a team like that just to kind of stick around and uh, make them question some things as well, find a way to score. And I think of that play that uh, Havid's into Louis back door and then the rebound and Havidi was a little bit boxed out being behind the net, but he tries to wrap and they stop it with a stick and uh, he has the open net there that could have kind of just changed the the outlook of things early for us. But um I love the no quit from our guys. I thought we had a great scoring chance when the game was 5-3. Again, filming uh, down low on a four check and Avid's in attacking low with Bernie in that front. And um, unfortunately, we didn't score and uh, they found a way to find their six and separate. But uh, I think it's important for our guys in games like those that, um, you know, we've seen it time and time again this year where there is no quit, where the guys just double down on that identity. We don't uh, start playing individual hockey. We, we stick to it. We play as a team and we simplify and our challenge is to find that third period desperation earlier in games uh, consistently down the stretch here because uh, the game's a full 60 minutes and uh, we've been extremely strong here in third periods um, you know since Christmas even a little bit before that and find a way to create that earlier in the game and it's just been a bit of a you know a heavy schedule here playing against some of the best teams the U.S. trip then you're back home playing Winnipeg twice Kamloops Moose Jaw coming up this weekend but you talked about that no quit attitude you look at the way your team is playing against these top teams for large stretches of the game and obviously it's frustrating not getting the final results you're looking for but it is very encouraging to see just how well your team can play with those teams yeah certainly um, there's positives within all of this that we have to build off and take and um, move forward with because uh, there are opportunities in our schedule where we've got to get a job done um, you know there's valuable points on the board and this is a big weekend for us uh, with Moose Jaw and we can't look ahead and you can't look back we got to focus on Friday night's puck drop and, and being prepared and being ready ready to go i've never been a big fan of disclosing really specific medical information uh, especially when it comes to you know these young men but uh, mason ward uh, we saw him take a puck up high and we haven't seen him in action since can you give us an update on when yeah. we might see six back yeah for sure i mean uh, anytime um, there's any kind of contact with the head we're always precautionary and uh, for himself he's actually quite swollen up on his cheek uh, jawline um, on the side that took the impact and uh, he, he was cleared of anything uh, structurally um, you know so there's no damage there it's just uh, you know given that time for for uh, 
uh, impact to the head just to kind of uh, make its way through. So he got on the ice today for a, a quick skate and things went well and he'll continue to progress through that protocol. We mentioned the uh, weekend set coming up here against Moose Shaw. It's been a long time since you've seen them. Uh, your lineup uh, will get a boost with Caleb Y. Rostock coming back in following the suspension. And, um, you know, it's a matter of trying to find that level of consistency and making sure that the team is able to play that same way we've seen because Moose Shaw is another top team in the league. Yeah, certainly. I mean, Moose Shaw's got a lot of uh, offense. They're a high-powered offensive group. And um, we just need to embrace that 200-foot hockey. Um, you know, we took lessons from our game against Kamloops. They managed an extremely good puck. Um I think Zellweger had anywhere from 8 to 10 shots on net, and I don't think he shot to score once. It was just delivering pucks and getting them on net and having that mindset of being sharks in the water and, and getting to those tough areas to get rewarded, and um, that's a challenge for our guys. It's um, play uh, quality defensive hockey and, and capitalize on our opportunities and extend some of our ozone possessions and create that uh, chaos in their, in their D zone of um, putting pucks on net, getting rebounds, winning retrievals, doing it again just having that mindset and I, I think our guys have grown in that and that's one of the reasons we find that success in third periods is when we get desperate we get really simple we get fast we get straight lines and we're willing to put a puck on net for a rebound and live to fight another day and it just causes opportunities for us and a little bit of havoc for them and um yeah that's uh, our challenge moving forward and with moose jaw it's no different so uh, our guys are excited it's a great opportunity for us to to get back on track and uh, to just do things right be rewarded for it be like sharks in the water i love it when hockey ops buys into marketing that's a uh, nice little <laughs> I'm glad you slipped that one in there for the saturday night slew shark game but uh, I, what are things like around the room right now for this team i mean the wins haven't been there as of late but you've been tested you've taken on some of the top teams in the country you've you've proven again that you can hang with them the season is long you know you often hear about load management and such like how, how's things in the room right yeah now? for sure uh, i think we're in a good spot um ment mentally as a group i mean um the one thing that we challenged our guys with here in this last stretch is that we don't box score watch we don't worry about what's going on around the league we focus on what we can do and um, we don't want to hear language of like we're out of the playoffs or we're not in and then guys getting into um any kind of negativity we're in the hunt and we'll be in the hunt race from now till the end and um you know it's on us to be, do that effectively and to do a job and to find a way and um i think earlier in the year we've gone through some stints of losing streaks where um things can kind of fester a little bit um you know there can be just a a bit of a gray cloud around until we can find that success and i feel that we've broke through that where we are appreciating the effort we are appreciating each other and, and the job that we're doing doing and that commitment and uh, the process and playing these top end teams very hard and um, you know I it's finding that consistency in, in beating a PA and beating a Brandon in game one and being able to show up motivated and ready to do everything that needs to be done to win in game two and that unfortunately has been a little bit of our Achilles heel here in these last couple of weeks was winning the first leg of a home and home with these teams and then losing the second one and it's going to be important that uh, we find ways to stay motivated and stay um engaged in 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 that uh you know intensity that we need um to be successful down the stretch here right on well Devin, really appreciate you doing this and uh, best of luck with the home and home with moose jaw this weekend man thank you very much you're listening to broncos this week presented by original 16.
the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast. We got uh, goaltender Joey Rocha. Am I, am I saying that right? Yeah, Rocha. It's Rocha. That's the yeah. what, what, what kind of name is that? Like, what's the what's the history, the the entomology of the Rocha name? Oh, uh, it's actually Portuguese. Um, came over. My dad's dad is Portuguese. He came over. Uh, I think when he was in his early twenties, late twenties, there he came over, and then it just kind of that's been the Portuguese name. Now we know, right yeah. on. So, I mean, obviously, playing in the Western Hockey League, you're. Would you consider yourself an underdog story? Because I don't think a lot of people had you pegged to be at this level where you are right now. You know, how have things gone for you thus far? Uh, things have gone pretty well, you know. Uh, uh, with Gage and stuff, it was a lot a lot of fun to learn from him and just kind of see how he does things. And same with Reed, just kind of see how, like, two different kind of styles of goalies kind of complement each other. And I just tried to take the best out of both and just kind of meld it into my own game too. And even talking with our goalie coach, Dave, during the summer about kind of the situation here, I just said, I'm just going to come to camp and work as hard as I can and earn a spot on the team. Yeah, you talked about sort of observing two different goalies, and I kind of wanted to talk about that, the fact with goalies, they seem so observant about things like that, you know, player tendencies, goalie tendencies. Is there stuff like that that you kind of pick up on, whether it's seeing how goalies kind of move around or seeing how players kind of skate around during the games? Um, I think I focus more kind of on just like the goalie side of stuff because even playing against like Bjarnson and all those guys and uh, Ernst the other day and even uh, some of the better guys like I skated with Garand this summer too uh, just kind of seeing like how their preparation and how they do stuff differently and like maybe they hold their glove a certain way or they hold their stick a certain way and just kind of seeing how like you can kind of take some things from the best goalies in this league and in the next league too and kind of apply it to your game. So you're always trying to learn is there the, the classic question, is there an NHL goalie that you kind of model yourself after who you think you have a lot of similarities to? Well, I, I was a big Leaf fan. So uh, during the Freddie Anderson reign, uh, I kind of watched a lot of that team and a lot of hockey from him. So I kind of modeled my game after him a bunch. And then there's the obvious answer too with Carey Price, just how calm and cool and collected he is in that net. That's just something every goalie tries to kind of follow and master. How did you get into being goalie? Because I know some parents don't want their kids to be goalies for a variety of different reasons. Uh, you know, did you get some pushback when you were younger in that regard? Oh, my dad definitely did not want me to be a goalie. <laughs> um, I remember it was a, uh, it was a, uh, was it association? We were uh, getting ready to go play in the barn in Honeywood, which is in Ontario, super small town that's colder in the rink than it is outside the rink. So that just kind of <laughs> tells you how it is there. But um, we'll do like a rotation thing, and I think there was a rotation and we didn't know who wanted to be goalie. And I put my hand up saying I wanted to be goalie. And my dad's like, no, keep your hand down, keep your hand down. <laughs> but then, um, I just fell in love with the position and, um, moved to BC. And then first year in BC, uh, I know my dad wanted me to kind of move away from goaltender again. So he said, you know what we're going to start? Uh, let's go half and half. You'll play player for half the year and goalie for the other half. And he was just kind of, I think hoping that, um, I'd fall more in love with the player side, but now talking to him and stuff, I think he loves it that I'm a goalie and he wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, so, I mean, what was it about the position that, that made you fall in love with it? I think kind of just, well, like, the pressure's a lot of fun and, like, you know, how, like, pressure's a privilege, kind of that stuff, and you can be the hero and all that stuff, which is cool, but I think kind of the thing that, like, made me really fall in love, which will be kind of, like, cheesy and corny, but was, like, the gear and the customization stuff <laughs> and being able to have, like, your own personal touch on, like, how you look on the ice. Or if you look at, like, the players and stuff, it's all just kind of they're given what the team's given, where, like, 
as a goal, you have like your helmet that you can customize and you can really show your personality off with that. And then your gear as well. It can either be simple or you can go out there or you can go retro or it's just, it's all personality and it's, that's pretty cool for me. So you talked about the pressure of being a goalter and I kind of wanted to ask you a bit of a two part question. How do you handle pressure and how do you think your parents handle pressure when they're watching you play? Um, I think I handle pressure by just kind of knowing what I do and just kind of trusting in myself. Like I feel like when I'm at my best, I'm not thinking and I'm just kind of playing. So I feel like when I just kind of get into that spot where I just kind of go and I just don't think about my movements and I trust myself, I feel like that's the best way to handle pressure. But I know my parents, <laughs> they, they, uh, I think they love it, but, uh, uh, I know my dad will – I've heard stories where my dad is just kind of up and pants, pacing around the living room <laughs> watching the game. Um, there's been a few times, especially even last year when we went on the TELUS run, where my mom wouldn't watch the game until she knew the results, and then she would go back and watch the game. <laughs> um, but, no, I think it's a lot of, like, a lot of pacing and a lot of that stuff, but I feel like they, they love it, so – you know, you, you often hear about goalies. I, I don't want to use the term weird, but, you know, some goalies, some of them have unusual habits, uh, atypical pregame routines and stuff, uh, routines. Wh what do you do on game day? Do you have any superstitions or things that you have to do? Um, I don't think so. I think I'm pretty kind of straightforward. I know I have kind of like a suit I like to wear when I'm playing, and I feel like uh, kind of different routines I do, but I know it's just kind of basic stuff. Like you got, like you tape your stick, you got some little eye workouts I like to do, um, just to get the eyes going, throw the ball against the wall, get your tracking going. And then you like to play suey a little bit and then, uh, just make sure you're nice and stretched out. Just kind of depends on how you're feeling that day. Like if your hip flexor is a little tight, maybe you focus more on your hips. If your groin's a little tight, you focus more on your groin. And if everything's feeling good, you just have a little bit of fun before games and just kind of keep the mood light. So you're not too stressed out going into it. You mentioned, um, you know, being on Ontario when you were younger and moving to BC. You've kind of moved around a bit here. You played at Notre Dame last year here in Saskatchewan. Yeah. So you've gone from Ontario to BC to Saskatchewan and now obviously here again. So I kind of wanted to ask you about Notre Dame, you know, being a Nanaimo kid that's pretty far from home. Yeah. How did that kind of come about for you? Um, uh, I think Notre Dame just contacted us and was like, um, yeah, we'd like you to come and be a part of our team. Uh, I think the first time they contacted was grade 10. So the year before I went and that was during the COVID year. So we're a little bit hesitant being like, uh, are we going to go away f during COVID year? So we decided to stay home one more year and uh, go to the North Island silver tip program. And that was a good program. Got on the ice a lot and it was pretty good. But then the year after that, it was like, okay, well, like if I go to Notre Dame, I could maybe get some practice time with the Broncos and stuff. Maybe, I could go to some games and observe and um, I'll be a little bit more in contact with some of the coaches and chat as well. I know last year too, it was nice because they went there. Uh, one of the games we went to the Broncos went to Regina and I was able to go there and talk with Chad and talk with some of the coaches too. So it was good. Yeah. And uh, draft day for you, yeah. Western hockey league uh, prospects draft. What was that experience like for you? Were you in conversation with Swift and were you thinking that that might be the destination? Uh, what was um, the day like? Oh, it was a pretty crazy day. I know, uh, I think it was a Wednesday or a Thursday, I think. And um, it was just kind of hectic. I know uh, Swift called me the night before and asked if I was open to go. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to come here. It's a great organization. I'd love to play. And they're like, okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow. And then that's all I talked to them before the draft. So it was pretty, pretty crazy to me. I definitely did not think I was going to come here, but I'm glad I did. Um, and then I remember too, just kind of, 
the process of the day uh, with school and stuff that day and everything being online. You're kind of doing school and you got the draft going on next to you and you're doing school and you glance over at the draft, you do some school. And then I remember it was uh, after school, it was like in the fourth round or something. And I was like, okay, this is just kind of getting a little too stressful. So I, I shut the computer, went downstairs, and then I called my friend. And was like as soon as I started calling my friend, I think we're playing Fortnite, actually. As soon as we loaded in and <laughs> got on the battle bus to go, I got my phone just blew up, and he's like, you've just been drafted. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So it was, it was a fun experience, a neat experience for sure. And you mentioned, uh, you know, with the Silver Tip program, you were able to get on the ice, you know, a lot. Uh, that's kind of the calling card of Notre Dame, too. You have that balance of school, of being right there, living at the school, getting on the ice all the time. So how much do you think that kind of helped you develop into who you are now? I think it helped me a lot, actually, because I feel like, um, one of my kind of biggest things that I needed to work on was just kind of that muscle memory thing. So I feel like being on the ice every day with uh, Billy, our goalie coach there, he was just very helpful in just kind of talking with Dave too about what I need to work on to get to the next level too. He was just – and then just hammering that in every day. It was pretty good, and I feel like I made a lot of progress. I remember too my dad uh, – I went on the ice during Christmas break, and my dad told me I looked like a completely different goalie, just so much more confident and so much more poised in the net, so it was good. Your first Western Hockey League start, I mean, you're in the bright lights of the Saddle Dome. Yeah. You're in an NHL rink. Uh, what was that whole day like for you? To, like, take us through it. Oh, it was, it was a crazy experience for sure. A lot of ups, lots of downs. Um, uh, it was just kind of crazy because it's, it's the Saddle Dome. Like, I know I told my mom after the game too, it's like I was in the same crease as Carey Price, Freddie Anderson, some of those legends yeah. as well. And it was just kind of a bizarre moment to think about. But I know, like, pre-game you're just kind of like okay like this is it like this is what I've been kind of preparing for this is what I wanted so it's kind of like just go out there enjoy the experience work hard have some fun and you know the start wasn't really what I expected it to be <laughs> but 20 seconds in with the first shot first goal but you know I think we managed and, you know, it was a lot of fun looking back on it with the shootout and all that stuff too, so it was pretty good. Well, yeah, and, and I, I remember that, watching the game, and, and you battled through it. Yeah. Like, it, were, were you at all rattled? Like, first Western Hockey League game, the experience you just mentioned, and bang, but you, you powered through it. Yeah. Like, what, what was it like after that went in? Like, um, Well, I kind of just thought, you know, like, it can't really get too much worse than this, so I'm just going to go out there and, <laughs> and work as hard as I can and stop the next one. And that was kind of my whole thought process there was just, you know, you can't change the past, but you can do whatever you want in the future. So it's just kind of work as hard as you can to make sure the next shot's a save and you just kind of keep going from there. Yeah, and the game was a bit of a wild one. I remember Calgary had a breakaway with about 90 seconds left in the game, and, and he came up with a big stop, and I think they had five or six shots in overtime, and obviously you went three for three in the shootout as well. So, you know, is it is it not until really after the game is done that you kind of see what you did over the course of that game and realize that, holy man, I, I played pretty good here today? Yeah, it's like I feel like most of the reflection after the game and stuff comes after the game. I feel like during the game, you don't really think about what you did during here or what you did there. You think about more like, what am I going to do for the next save, be ready for that next shot and stuff like that. But I know after the game, like, I couldn't tell you the three shooters who came on me in the shootout. I know one of them was Oliver Talk because I played with him and I know him and he texted me after the game and said, like, good job tonight, congrats on your first win and stuff. So I know I know he, that was, he was one of the shooters, but I couldn't tell you the other two, so... You uh you still got the puck from the first win? I do, yeah, it's in my room. 
Nice. Yeah. For uh, for free time, you know, we always throw this question out there with the feature guests. Uh, you know, you, you touched on once upon a time, you did dabble in Fortnite. Yeah. Um, but video games, Netflix, what's uh, what are the, the free time activities? Um, I used to play a lot of the video games. I've kind of moved away from that since I uh, moved out to Swift because I wasn't able to bring a console out here. So I kind of got more into, like, TV and stuff. Um, I've been watching How I Met Your Mother recently. Uh top three show, show right now in my my books um so i've been watching a lot of that and then being in a billet with four kids under the age of 10 it's a lot of energy all the time <laughs> um but it's a lot of it's good i love it so it's a lot of mini sticks lots of crafts lots of baking all that stuff so it keeps me busy but it's good and then speaking of the billet family if i'm not mistaken i think you're with connor gabriel too yeah. aren't you yeah so you got four kids and connor gabriel now give us a shout out to your build family and how they're treating you here oh i love them the weens family uh Amy and Andy, the two parents, and then Ayrton, Alum, Anaya, and Arabelle, just the best kids, you know. I wouldn't trade them for the world. Memorized all the names, too. Yeah. It, how, yeah. how long did it take you to get the hang of everyone well, there? Because, yeah, that's that's a busy <laughs> household, yeah. It was, a, it was a little bit. I remember I called um, Ayrton, Alum a few times, and Arabelle, Anaya, and it was... Just a bunch of A's, but you know, and I've yeah. I've kind of got it now, so it's good. Yeah, that's a f- we did a billet special a few years ago when Hayden Oster was there, and yeah, great, great family, great yeah, family that's uh, that's very supportive. Uh, what about the Swift Current experience for you? I mean, Bosch talked about it. You're kind of a almost a no fixed address guy with how much you've bounced around a lot la- the last little bit. Uh, you know, what what do you think about like the small town of of Swift Current? Oh, I love it here. I wouldn't imagine any place else. Like I know, growing up and uh, just outside of Honeywood. It's a super small town, so you know everyone. And I'm a, it's a little bit bigger, but it's still, I think, 80,000 people. Uh, so it's still relatively a smaller city. And then even Notre Dame is just community. So I just kind of love that small kind of and tight community so everyone knows everyone. And I wouldn't change it for anything. How was the um, the U.S. trip for you? You get a chance to be a little closer to home there. Yeah. Your parents really make out to a couple of games. And, you know, you got a chance to play against the Seattle Thunderbirds. Obviously, they were pretty stacked. And then you picked up a win there in Spokane, too. So just the U.S. trip on the whole, how did you how did you enjoy that experience? Oh, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I missed the West Coast, so it definitely felt like home. Um, uh, yeah, it was good. I Playing Seattle was definitely an experience. Just some of the, the prospects and the just pedigree that team's got is unbelievable. And... Uh, some of the chants too are pretty wild. I heard uh, a <laughs> heard a few roaches socks in the chants after a goal would go in or made a save or something. So it was a lot pretty fun. But what? And yeah, you you hear that? Yeah. What do you have to go through to not get rattled by that? Because I mean, you're you're a 17 year old kid. Like I'm a 46 year old man. <laughs> And, I mean, if someone's chanting Schweitzer sucks as I walk down the street, which has happened, and I did get <laughs> rattled from it, but, I mean, you know, how, how, how do you deal with that? Like, is that something a co- you work with as a coach or with a coach? Like, um, I think you just kind of got to realize that it's not they're not attacking the person, they're attacking the player. Um, they don't mean to kind of, like, hurt you as, like, a person. They just want their team to win, and you just kind of got to understand that. And, um they're going to do everything they can for that their team to win, and you just got to not take it personally. And then you could also turn it to the flip side where it's like, okay, I suck. I'm going to prove you the opposite. Yeah. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to stop everything so your team doesn't win. But Right on. Well, hey, we really appreciate you doing this. Well, thank uh, you for having uh, me. Goals for the rest of this year. You know, What are you hoping to accomplish the rest of the, the season here? Um, Obviously, you know, playoffs is something the whole team's looking forward to, and we got to push to make it. But uh, we're in a race right now, and I think – if we play our game and we play the right way, we'll be in that in the playoffs. So, 
Right on. Well, appreciate you doing this. Keep on keeping on, man. Thank you. Thanks, Joey. This week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Wrapping up another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. The team is off to Moose Jaw tomorrow night, Friday night, to begin uh, a home-and-home series with the Warriors. Moose Jaw, a very competitive team. Yeah, they've uh, got a lot of dangerous guys up front. I mean, it starts with, uh, you know, Ryder Korzak and uh, Braden Yeager is a top prospect for the draft. you got Jagger Furkus was a second-round pick of Seattle. On the back end, you got Denton Matejchuk, who's uh, racking up points uh, from the blue line. So this is a team that scores a ton of goals. Uh, they do give up their fair share of goals as well. So uh, we'll see what kind of uh, games transpire this weekend. Very, very excited to uh, check out the game Saturday night as the Broncos will be rebranded for one night only as the Lake Diefenbaker Slough Sharks. I see they've already altered the social media accounts accordingly uh, change things up to uh, to have the slew shark colors there and it's going to be a fun night at uh, at the rink for for that one on on Saturday night something like this never really done before yeah it's super cool I mean just the the way that the team was able to kind of go all in with it and you know get the get the jerseys done get the merchandise turned around in a you know relatively quick fashion as I think that vote ended in what November or something so yeah. pretty quick turnaround to, to get everything done so uh, has been received very well by not only people here in Swift Current but even just in general on, on social media it's kind of reaching out far and wide and everyone seems to, to love the logo so uh, once again shout out Taylor Vaz for his uh, his design and looking forward to see it uh, come to life on Saturday very much so all right That'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week presented by Original 16.